Welcome everyone back to another episode of Muggle with a Mike, our first episode in 2023. Yes. Hey Phil, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Still, still getting used to writing 2023. <laughs> keep writing, keep writing 2022, but I'm getting there. Oh, 22 was so easy to write because it's the same number, but yeah. then the, then it's like, how many times have you written the two and that added an extra little hoop at the end? Yeah, I've, I've done that. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, I forgot to say my Katie here line, but Katie here, I just got a little fun fact. I just got over COVID. It's the first and only time I've had it. And it was a doozy. I mean, just we're healthcare people. Mine was really rough. Like there were times that, uh, I couldn't catch my breath and my chest was hurting. I had a lot of respiratory issues. So everyone get vaccinated and wear masks during flu season because I don't want to get it again. <laughs> It was bad. Do you? We're going to do a murder mystery episode. And that murder mystery is Glass Onion, which mm -hmm. is, we did a Knives Out episode, Phil. How is this movie connected to Knives Out? It's a sequel. <laughs> it's uh, same uh, same detective. It's kind of like, you know, Agatha Christie. She's yeah. the one who wrote the ones with the... Who was that guy on the Orient Express? Poro. Yeah, there you go. There Which, you go. I mean, I, I think, I feel like <laughs> it's the same character. He just, like, changed the name, gave it a different <laughs> accent. I feel that he borrowed heavily. He did um, cookie cutter, kind of. Yeah, that's kind of one of the things on my, my, my notes. It's just like, mm, not too original on the detective. Are you surprised when it comes mm. to Mr. RJ? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not surprised. We should just come to expect that from him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, before we get into movie talk, let's do our mugs. Do you have a, a mug for today? I do. It's uh, Hogwarts. Oh, it's Hogwarts. Oh, it. It's like yeah. a hologram. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's like an optical illusion. You have to really stare at it to see what it is. Yeah, and I mean, not so much in person. I think it's more of camera. Yeah. It's harder to pick up because it's shiny in it. Oh, that's cool. Kinda and look at glare. how the, the flecks on, on either corner of the shield are the colors for each house. Yeah. Yeah, that's neat. And it says, I don't know, inside. I don't know if you can. It says Harry Potter inside. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Yep. I got Wait. that uh, for Christmas. Uh, are they all blue on the inside or do, do different? Because would that be a Ravenclaw mug? Uh, it is blue inside, but I think it's it's uh, all houses. There you go. It's, it's a just... mixture of them all. <laughs> well, I've got a fun mug with a fun story. I won the Maestro for a Moment competition or fundraiser. And... My sister's mother-in-law, which who was our my very first donation, she wrote out the very first check to me. I won, and then a few weeks later, she dropped this off at my house, and it's a mug. Let's see. If we oh, can. very nice. It's yeah, pictures. All the pictures from the fundraiser, even like my ad posters and everything, and then the me getting lessons from uh, Stephen Huang. The night before and then the night of up on stage you can you can see me mm -hmm. there 
and it and it's it just was a very thoughtful gift. So thank you, Diane, Dawn, and Diane. It was I was so excited when I got this. It's very nice. <sighs> yes, it's very, and the coffee's good inside of it too. <laughs> um. Okay. So how was how were your holidays, Phil? Did you enjoy uh, your holidays? Yeah, it was wonderful. And it's whirlwind. I'm I'm sad they're over as always, but always look forward to getting on with the year, sliding into spring, oh, yeah. warming things up. What about this crazy weather where we're warm and then cold and then warm and then cold? And yeah, it's like a Katy right Perry now. song. It's <laughs> hot and then it's cold. Uh, well, I we did not kiss the season and we do not like it. No, I, we we had good holidays. It was kind of uh, subdued this year. We were just kind of laid back, didn't make big plans or anything. We did go up to Cleveland for New Year's. Shout out to my brother-in-law, Jason, whose band marched in the London, that's London, England, New Year's Day Parade. Oh, wow. Yeah. They were the last marching band of the parade, and they uh, featured them at the end. You can go watch them on PBS, and they actually played the... Uh, England's national UK national anthem, God Save the Queen, and well, King now. It was the first time in a in a parade that they've played God Save the King. So in well, since the last king. There you go. Okay. So before we get into movie talk, Glass Onion features Daniel Craig, correct? Mm -hmm. okay. Yes. And in this film. What would you call his accent? Supposed to be Southern, but <laughs> English, an Englishman's interpretation of a Southern accent. There you go. I like, I can't, I can't pinpoint it. At times I really think it's strong, like Louisiana. Yeah. And then other times it's like, that doesn't, it sounds more like, um, I don't know, Alabama or. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but it was very interesting, that's for sure. It's unique. Now, Ryan Johnson, our best friend, best friend in quotations, he said that he purposely, I think this is it. the way he words it, I feel like it's an excuse to, to brush off that it's not a great Southern accent. But he says he wants it so unique that no one can put, pinpoint where he's from because he doesn't really want anyone to know where he's from. Hmm. Well, mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> so for fun, I thought we'd do kind of like a Southern accent fun quiz game type thing. Okay. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to... I'm going to try. We're trying out this new technology. I'm going to try to put up a southern phrase on the screen, okay? And you get one point if you can tell me what the, what the phrase means. And you get an extra bonus point if you can use it in a sentence. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> some, of these are, some of these are easy. All right. This first one. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it. You have to just say it in a Southern accent. Okay. Over yonder. <laughs> I'd say 
over yonder. Over yonder. <laughs> is that is that southern or is that Appalachian? I think it's both. I mean, these can all of these can be used in multiple areas, geographical areas. But I went on a website and looked for southern phrases, and this is okay. considered a southern phrase, I guess. Maybe it migrated up north. That is the opposite of right thar. <laughs> Over yonder. Right there. Yeah. Over yonder. When you're in the south, over yonder is a distant direction, yeah. any direction. The phrase may be accompanied by a gesture indicating north, south, east, or west. Over yonder down the road. <laughs> there you go. All right. Here comes the next one. Well, I declare... <laughs> That sounded like uh, Colonel Sanders. That there was good. Go. That was real good. <laughs> and can you use that in a sentence? Uh, you brought me a bucket of chicken. I declare. <laughs> well, I declare this chicken is scrumptious. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one is also used very prominently in an episode of The Office. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, Michael just constantly says, well, I do declare. Who's Michael? I'm Caleb Crawdad. I do declare. You don't have to keep saying I do declare. Anytime you say something, it means you're declaring. That is the way Southern people talk. I do declare. That's, that's a good one. I mean, in anywhere else, do you hear them say declare? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, here comes the next one. Can't never could. What do you think it means? I can't never could do that, right? <laughs> it's actually the opposite of that. Can't never could. It's positive thinking, Southern style. If you think you can't, you won't be able to accomplish something. But if you think you can, you'll succeed. We like to read this as one of the greatest Southern encouragements, but like most of these phrases, you can use it however you'd like. All right. I think you'll like this next one. There you go. Wow, that's just catawampus. <laughs> it's like hogwash. <laughs> can you use that in a in a sentence? Is, is that what it is, catawampus? Or does that mean it's just like uh, it's all at an, a weird angle? I get you could use it in that situation. Yeah. Okay. Things aren't right. Things aren't the way they should be. Yeah. 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 Can you think of a situation? So you, would you say if you were building a house, a crooked house, what was that one place? Is there a place? I'm trying to remember. I don't know. That was at Idlewild. There was a, um, a crooked house that you walked through and everything was not it was cattywampus. It was everything was cattywampus. No, you'd walk in and the floor would be at like a, a 30 degree angle, but the walls mm. would be straight and all the pictures were crooked. Everything in the house was crooked and you walk through it. It was, it was like an optical illusion. Mm. Uh, it was the caddy cattywampus caddyshack. <laughs> anyway, here's a fun fact. Okay, this phrase may sound made up. It's simply our multi-syllabic manner of saying something is askew. 
This 19th century phrase was once used to refer to some fierce imaginary beast until it went off course and adopted the current meaning of awry. But one of the houses of Ilvermorny is Wampus. Mm. And I think it's based off of the Southern imaginary beast. Yeah. Which is super neat. All right. Here comes the next phrase. My favorite type of Coke is Dr. Pepper. That's every uh, soda is referred to as Coke. Very good, Phil. Yeah, Coke, Coke becomes the generic term for generic slang for soda. Very good. Yeah. So when you want to order a Coke, how do you do it? Want a Coke? But then they'll be like, what kind? Yeah. yeah. Original? Uh, Coca-Cola. Coke Classic. There you go. I'll take a, a Pepsi free. Son, if you if you want something, you're going to have to pay for it. Put it on my tab. <laughs> there you go. That's it. <laughs> nice, Phil. All right. Uh, the next one. This next one. I've, I don't think I've ever heard anyone use it. I feel like I might have in a movie, but I can't, I, you know, I can't put my finger on it. I can't think of where I've heard it if I have. Here we go. If I had my druthers, <laughs> I'd be at the beach. Well, okay. So do you know what it means? If I had my way, I'd, you okay. know, I would rather, rather be doing this or I would. You know, if I had my choice, I, I would be, you know, watching TV right now. See, I'd never. Yeah, it says would rather what something yeah. you would prefer to do. I have never heard it, but I feel like I like heard it in um, Little Rascals. Hmm. Would that be a place where I might have heard it? I don't think so. I don't know. Alfalfa was always I, I could hear I could hear him saying, if I had my druthers. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I've heard it all the time, but... Do you really? I don't yeah. think I have. It's weird. Then again, I have parents that were born and raised in western Pennsylvania. Maybe they didn't say it there, and that's why I've never heard it. You're too too far north. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Good north job. East. And it dates back to the end of the 19th century. It was first recorded in a magazine in 1870. Mm. Fun. Okay. This one's a fun one. I hear, they, I hear that every day. Find his frogs, frogs hair split four ways. Really? Yeah. I've never, I've never heard it. Mm. Yeah. That it basically means something's really nice because it's, Frog? Do frogs have hair? They, they don't. don't. Yeah, nah. but if they did, you couldn't. You can't see it. So split that yeah. four ways, and it's even so finer. It's, yeah. So it's Never. so small, or so so fine. Yeah, so fine. Though the exact origin of this unusual phrase is unknown, one theory is that it was first used in C. Davis's diary of 1865, which read, "I have a better flow of spirits this morning, and in fact." Feel as fine as frog's hair. Sounds something like uh, Mark Twain would, uh, uh, like a phrase he would have coined. Oh, yeah. 
something something ordinary turned ex extraordinary yeah you know a common phrase a common thing all right next one all right i want you to read this one phil with a lot of expression <laughs> here we go heavens to betsy <laughs> that's good when when would be a circumstance you would say heavens to betsy oh my goodness anytime i guess you're kind of surprised or taken off guard it's just an exclamation <laughs> so this one is one used to express surprise and its origins are unclear in other words we're still not sure who betsy is according to the oxford dictionary uh, the first written mention was in 1914, but the expression has likely been around much longer than that. Others theorize that Betsy, in fact, is Betsy Ross, the woman best be. known for sewing the first American flag during the Revolutionary War. But they're sense. not sure about that. But why would you, why would you exclaim about Betsy? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> Shrugging our shrugging uh, our shoulders. I I have no no idea why, but hey, she's famous. She's famous enough for sewing the flag. But let's also think of a phrase that we can use her name in. All right, uh, this one. Someone at work said that they they heard this all the time. I have never. This is another one I've never heard. Again, apparently we've got the South. In, uh, we live in the South, but I don't know any of the phrases. Are we considered the South? I mean, I don't think so. I don't think we are. I think that's when you get down the Carolinas and well, it's the Mason Dixon line, right? Sure. Is that what signifies the South? I reckon. <laughs> I reckon it does. <laughs> All right, here we go. I have a feeling since you knew Druthers, I have a feeling you're going to know this one. I can't. I can't read it he has enough money to burn a wet mule okay i couldn't read them i couldn't see mule there's something in the way something in the way uh yeah i've never heard that one so it just means here i'll read it he can he can do the impossible yeah he will he can yeah, yeah he can do whatever he wants he, he just... has enough money he can get anything accomplished yeah Someone with significant wealth could be referred to as having enough money to burn a mule. But how much money is that exactly? While there are no official figures, we do know there's the where the expression originated. Back in 1929, Huey Long, governor of Louisiana at the time, tried to enact a five-cent tax on each barrel of refined oil produced. Naturally, Standard Oil didn't like this. And the corporation tried to use its political clout to get him removed from office. Long went on the defensive, saying that Standard Oil has offered legislators as much as $25,000 to vote to remove him from office, or as he put it, enough money to burn a wet mule. There you go. Drama. <laughs> All right. Here is the last one. This one I found the most interesting. Um, it has historical context as well. Never heard that one either. As, as drunk as Cooter Brown? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked at it and was like, what the heck? So a person who is, it's a person who's had a lot to drink may be described as being as drunk as Cooter Brown in parts of the South. As legend has it, Cooter Brown lived on the border of the North and South just ahead of the Civil War. Unwilling to fight to ab- avoid being drafted by either side, he supposedly stayed consistently intoxicated, so neither side would want him. Whether Brown was real or part of Southern folklore, his name has been associated with drunkenness for more than a century. Mm. There you go. Thought that I found that interesting. There we go. There's some Southern phrases. Phil, can you think of any phrase that I that I uh, was not obliged to mention? I can't. <laughs> Can't, na- can't okay. never could. Can't, can't never could. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I know a lot of Pittsburgh phrases or Pittsburgh words or sayings, but like yins and dumb yeah. hand and there you go. We'll go to an ad break now for standard oil and uh, I don't know, Cooter Brown beverages. <laughs> Hey, Muggle with a Mic listeners. Have you heard about an app called Newsly? Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics you choose at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. You can follow any topic as specific as you like from sports, tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or even if you are so inclined, the Kardashians. It will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. The entire web becomes listenable for the first time, all in one place. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. And they have podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 80 countries. Muggle with a Mic is there too. They even have digital radio. Download and use Newsly for free now from Newsly, that's N-E-W-S-L-Y dot M-E, or from the link in our episode description, and use promo code MUGGLE and receive a one-month free premium subscription. Stop scrolling. Start listening. Newsly. Okay, let's get into Glass Onion, Phil. All right. I'll read the synopsis real quick, then we can we can get into our discussion. Glass Onion, it was released the end of last year, 2022, rated PG-13. This is a longer film. I always say that I don't like it when films go over two hours, but this is two hours and 19. If they're good, you, you don't notice. Yeah. Famed Southern detective Ben... Beno Blanc. Beno Blanc. I can never say his name right. Benoit. Benoit. There we go. Benoit Blanc travels to Greece for his latest case. Directed by our good buddy, Ryan Johnson. And our even better buddy is a writer named Ryan Johnson. (laughs) Those are both lies. (laughs) Okay, so it's stars. Phil, do you want to name some of the people at stars? Because it's got a star-studded cast. Yeah, it does. It has, uh, 
Yes, me too. Quick, it has um, that guy <laughs> as as Drax the Destroyer. Um, <laughs> Dave Bautista. <laughs> Dave Bautista. <laughs> um, that other guy that was James Bond. <laughs> Daniel Craig. <laughs> Daniel Craig. My brain is like. But you totally. know what? Most people know these people by their roles yeah. rather than. And you know what's you know what's funny? Parts. I couldn't tell you other than Benoit Blanc. I couldn't tell you any of the characters' names. I just know them by the actors. <laughs> it's like. Well, okay. I've watched the movie twice, and the first go round, I couldn't tell you the the only people I could was tell you. Names. Was there a clear? I don't think so. Yes, Catherine Hahn was Claire. Yeah. 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 Okay. But I could I could only probably tell you the names of the people that had glasses where you like yeah. Miles yeah. and Andy. I could probably only tell you their names, but then I watched it a second go around and that's when I was picking up on names. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll go down the list real quick. Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, uh Janelle Monet. Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Kate Hudson, Dave Bautista, Jessica Henwick, uh, Ethan Hawke, Hugh Grant, Stephen Sondheim, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar makes a cameo, Serena Williams, Yo-Yo Ma, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Angela Lansbury, all those people. Ryan likes to just drop famous people's names that he knows. Well, and he did in the movie too. I mean, like mm -hmm. they had uh, Jeremy Renner's hot sauce. And mm -hmm. I mean, he, he just went through and just, just kind of name drop, but I didn't. No, I, I remember seeing Hugh Grant, but where was Angela Lansbury? I don't remember. So when they were playing among us, Blanc was in the tub and the four people she was playing were okay. Stephen Sondheim Angela Lansbury, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and then Natasha Leon. What about Ethan Hawke? I don't remember seeing him either. Was he, he was the one who sprayed the stuff in their throats. Oh, okay. And here, the okay. fun fact about that is he wasn't meant to be in the movie, but he was in Greece filming Moon Knight, and so he just asked to be in it. And so that's mm. why he's only in it for that little scene. Yeah. That was that, neat. That, that's kind of cool. I haven't seen Kate Hudson in anything at all. In a long time, other either, unless she's been like in a you know kind of a rom com or something that I haven't seen. But well, and this fun fact to those who love How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, this is her. I don't think she's been on a roll with Catherine Hahn since How to Lose a Guy. Mm. This is their reuniting in a in a film together. So I thought that was fun because I love that movie. Yeah. Okay, help me out, Jessica Henwick. I know her name super well. Uh, she was in uh, The Matrix Resurrection. I, I looked it up, and she was also in Gr The Gray Man and Force Awakens. Uh, I don't... I think she was a small role in Force Awakens. I don't remember her in Force Awakens. I think in Gray Man, she was... Wasn't she the, the driver or something? I remember... Didn't she shove that one? She was an agent, and didn't she, like, come and grab him and shove him in the trunk? I'm trying to... I feel like I what? remember her being in a room with computers rather than, like, a physical okay. agent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember her most from The Matrix Resurrection. Okay. She was that... She was, like, um... 
I can't even remember her name in it. <laughs> it was kind of an unmemorable movie. She plays but... memorable characters. Yeah, but she was the lead. I mean, she was like the new kind of like Neo or whatever. Okay. I gotcha. But it's like, yeah, it's like I wouldn't be able to pick her out of a crowd, but her name is very memorable. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Maybe you want it the other way around where people know you from. I don't know. Um, The guy who played Daryl is one of those other ones where Ryan knows him and has him in every one of his films. So I thought Daryl was going to be like, a really focal point, like at the end, he was going to play a crucial role and he did. Well, yes, I had that as like one on my notes as a bullet point. It's like, I don't know if he was supposed to be a red herring. Yeah, right. Or maybe he actually didn't. It just, his part got left on the cutting room floor. But to me, it was just kind of a waste, a waste of screen time. I mean, why even have him in there? Because you knew... It, he wasn't going to be the murderer. It was going to be one of the main main people, one of the main suspects, one of the friends. So, I mean, I never really, I thought might he might have something to do with it. I thought he might witness something, you yeah. know, like be be a witness to the like the sh- the shooting yeah. at the end or something. But no, he was just there. Yeah. So it just, yeah. I mean, to me, I thought it was just kind of a waste of precious screen time no but, i agree like I said, maybe he's maybe he was meant to be a red herring i don't i don't i don't know but he could have had a, a lot of red part. herrings yeah did we need him along with all the other red herrings yeah uh-huh. and then did you know joseph gordon levitt's in everything that he does because he was in last jedi and everything but uh he was in oh what was the big movie that that he did that had um can't think of the name. Is it the My one where not he, working. he played Bruce Willis's? Yeah, yeah. yeah what was the um, name of that? Oh yeah, you asked me too fast. It's not Looper, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's Looper. Looper, okay. Yeah, everybody listens like it's Looper, you idiot. <laughs> we'll just loop it back in editing, and no one will have any idea we didn't know. Uh, do you know who he played in this? I don't. He was the. It's so silly. I don't know if I like it or if I love it. I'm teetering. He was the dong. Oh, he just did the voice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that is, I, I have it in my notes somewhere, but that the dong thing is reminiscent of another murder mystery back in like the 80s or something like that. So it had a purpose to it. It wasn't just like a Daryl. I guess that could be a new thing we say. Something that was a waste of space or didn't make any sense. We can just call it a Daryl. A Daryl. Yeah. So the the dong, the donging throughout the the, the movie was not a Daryl. It had yeah. a purpose to it and a meaning behind it. What did you think like of the movie overall? What was your general impressions of the movie? Well, before I say anything, I know you asked the question first, but I'm going to ask you, did you like it better than Knives Out? Or did you like Knives Out better? Um, it's about the same. Okay. I think. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen Knives Out, but I will say I I enjoyed it. It's the same thing with Ryan's movies. You watch it the first time and you're trying to dissect it and figure it out. Yeah. And then the second go around, you learn more. 
but then you find issues. Oh, there was there was writing. a lot. It's yeah. it's very superficial. If you have to suspend disbelief, yeah, you can't think about it too much, or the movie kind of falls apart. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It's enjoyable, but it's like one of those movies where I'm gonna watch it and then I'm just you know next day I'm gonna forget all about it. Well, and I say this every time when it comes to him, cinematography wise, visual wise, you know, camera wise, angles and and all that stuff. He does an amazing job. I, I have no complaint on that. But when it comes to the story, I do have issues. The number one thing we had with Knives Out was the medication. He didn't mm -hmm. seem to do his research. Okay. Yeah. With this one, that bullet would go through the diary. Well, it would. But that is a trope that has been used. Uh, that's a trope that's been used in a lot of different movies. So. So why is he using it in this? Yeah. Why is it going well, to be used again? It, it, exactly. But it's just like, you know, the detective in general. I mean, it's kind of re reused. He's just like borrowed off uh, Agatha Christie. Mm -hmm. I thought, I mean, there was, I, I would, like, it was entertaining, but I am glad I didn't see it at the theater. I saw it on mm -hmm. HBO. And I think it's Netflix uh, or Netflix. Yeah. Did I say HBO? I'm mm -hmm. sorry. I saw it on Netflix. I think, okay. I don't, is it even out at the theaters or is it, it's, is it a dual release? They're doing this a lot with Netflix films. It's, it's, it's out for like a week or a week and a half in the theater and then it goes on Netflix. Okay. So they're, they've already signed on for a third one and I think they're going to do it the same way. It'll be out in theaters, but they said money wise, had it been in the theater, it would have done amazing based on the viewership on Netflix. But I don't think I, I don't think that them. I don't I think that's apples and oranges because yeah. you're paying for a service and it's just like, hey, let's see what's on. I would not have gone to the movies to see this, but right. I mean, but since it's on Netflix, I waited for I mean, Knives Out to come out on Prime. Yeah, I didn't go and see it. In the that's theater. not one. I Yeah, it just I don't I don't think I think if they release the next one. And it's just straight to theaters. I don't think it would do as good as they, they would think. Yeah. But there is a lot of star power. For some reason, he's able to get all these actors. I mean, that could be a big draw for some people. Yeah. Uh, question. He was upset because he just has attitude. I mean, maybe people that have worked with him say they really like him. So he's probably a nice person. I just he's probably very affable. Yeah, we're 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 being critical of it. I mean, that's what we're talking about. That's what we, we're doing. We're talking about what we like and what we don't like. But he seems very controlling and particular about things. Yeah. And he did not like, like the you can see the logo down at the bottom. It's called Glass Onion, a Knives Out. Mystery. Mystery, yeah. He did not like, and he didn't know before it came out, that they added a Knives Out Mystery. Was that them trying to make a brand? Because that's the first thing that caught my eye. It's just like. Right. To me, that was like kind of, I don't know. So help me out with the Orient Express. It's called Agatha Christie's Orient mm -hmm. Express, right? Right. So I feel like that's what they're doing. I'm not, I don't think it's a problem. He did. But you, you're, you have a character that's bridging the two movies you have mm -hmm. to have a, I feel like you have to have a title that bridges the two movies. Because if you just think Knives Out and Glass Onion, someone mm -hmm. looks at that, they're not going to think they're in the same yeah. somewhat story and genre. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, 
they got to kind of brand it so they know it's the same. It's a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what else could you call? You didn't brand Knives Out, so the only way you can connect them is to put Knives Out attached to Glass Onion. Unless you you put like Benoit Blanc mystery. Right. <laughs> Though, yeah, they could have done that. A Blanc yeah. mystery or something like yeah. that. But anyway. Um, okay. Yeah, well, go starting, start, No, starting from the beginning. Okay. Um, okay. Like you mentioned that... Um, Ethan Hawke was the one going around spraying. Yeah. I, I mean, was that supposed to be a cure for COVID? Yes. Okay. So here's my deal with that. His whole thing is he wanted to be famous. He wanted to be so famous. He was mentioned in the same breath as Mona Lisa. Mm -hmm. If you have the cure for COVID, I mean, I that would make him that. more than anything in this day and age. So, I mean, why is he keeping it to himself or just keeping it? I mean, I didn't. But Phil, that, I think that's the whole point. You're a, you're an intelligent guy. Miles is not. And yeah. so he comes up with these outlandish ideas on this fax machine and he wants to go for those. But the common sense thing, the blatant thing that's right in front of him is this cure for COVID and he doesn't use it because he's a moron. Yeah. I mean, he could, he could have done that, but I think that goes I mean, with Otherwise, it's just like, well, okay, he kind of used that as a plot device. Um, you know, some of the characters, oh, we were locked in for COVID, and I came up with this idea, and I marketed it. So maybe that's just a way of like, okay, we live in the area of COVID, but I got to get rid of the masks because I don't want to wear a mask. So I'm going to say, ooh, he has a, a cure. But really, I mean, if, if fame is what he's going for, that would have made him... Oh, the most famous person in the world. If he had a cure, they could have called it the brawn vaccine or something like that. Yeah. Or I, I don't even know if it's a vaccine. What the heck was it? No, that's it. That makes total sense. But he's such an idiot that he doesn't understand that. That's a, that's a golden, golden egg right there for him. Okay. It's and a then, uh, th this is just some of the stuff from, from the notes I was kind of writing down. Okay. So I didn't have a problem with, okay, my identical twin sister died and I'm going to, I thought that was kind of cool where he got yeah. together with the detective. It was and, an onion, and, an onion. We didn't see the other layers. And then they revealed another layer that that yeah. was actually her sister. So yeah. So I, I did like that aspect. They were working together, but mm -hmm. you can't tell me because like when he, she met, she's like, Oh, well, she died four days ago. And he's like, well, did you know, did you make an obituary or whatever and put the paper? No, it's like, oh, we still got time. If if a real celebrity died and the police were investigating it, I mean, it wouldn't be 30 minutes before you heard about it. Oh, I mean, so yeah. there's no, no way you would keep that secret. Right. So unless, you know, she went into the house, discovered her sister died, you know, didn't call the police, got a hold of him. And he said, well, don't, you know, right. don't get the police involved to just like kind of leave the premises. I mean, there's there's no or possible way in this day and age. He was there at the police department, and they told the police immediately, "Don't yeah. release this information until yeah. we can do some investigating." Yeah, then that would make sense. But yeah, because uh, because obviously, you know, they they she didn't do that, but it still got leaked later while they were at the party. Right. So yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter if you uh, you know made an obituary or like made an announcement it's going to come out i mean just you know if, the, if people saw police at a celebrity's house like that it's going to be well something happened oh yeah so that's to me that's a glaring plot hole 
No, um, I agree with you. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, and it's that kind of simple stuff. Yeah. But sometimes I think he writes it from a director's standpoint. What's going to look good on Yeah. Well, and that, like I said, that would, there was ways around that. Uh, you know, like you had mentioned, if if he was the investigator, even if he was there investigating. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he said, hey, you know, we're going to keep this hushed up, everybody. And right. But yeah. But he had to have in his mind, I have to have Blanc at his apartment in I'm assuming it's, you know, New Orleans or somewhere. Mm-hmm. And um, and he, he has to have him there. And then she meets him there and they have the scene on the balcony. So he, I don't think he's thinking it from a writer's perspective. That doesn't make sense that it's going to be that long of a time. He's just thinking of it as that'll be a really great angle and frame to have them doing the talking on a balcony and all that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing too. It's like, she lives in England. Was she from England? No, she was from, she's from the South too. Remember the sister had a South, but they called it the rich B word. Yeah. Accent okay. and then she, yeah. She but even, herself. okay, so even if she lived in the same state, I mean, he's pretty famous. So how would she find out where he lived and be able to get to his apartment? Plus during COVID. Yeah. And just uninvited, be like, hey, um, I need to talk to you. Well, here, okay, let's try to, let's try to work this out in our head. Maybe she called the police. And asked for his information. And then she told them, don't tell anyone. And then it took well, her four they... days to get to wherever he is. Maybe. But wouldn't, would the police divulge the information or say, hey, we'll give us our number. We'll let him contact you. Because you wouldn't give out someone's personal home address if you were. They, uh. Yeah, I don't know. That is far-fetched. But maybe his home address is his business address. I don't know. No, it seems very odd that she just walked yeah. up to his door with the box. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's another another yeah, uh, Can we talk about point. the box? The box, <laughs> to me, I mean, that seemed like super over-complicated puzzle. You know, they had all these, like, really intricate puzzles, and then you get to the end, and it's like, it's inverted and then you have another set of very difficult puzzles. Okay. To me, so- it was like, it was like, it, it didn't make sense to me because I mean, for love of Pete, like the one girl thought a sweatshop was where you made sweats. I mean, they're supposed to solve these like very intricate detailed puzzles. Okay. So I have a lot of info on the box. Okay. So the I'm just going to I'm not going to read through it all. I'm just going to try to summarize from me remembering it. The box really wasn't that difficult. Because if you remember when Dave Bautista, what was his character's mm-hmm. name? Duke. When Duke is opening it up, you can hear his mother in the background shouting out all the answers to everything that's happening like it's like nothing. Because technically, like the Fibonacci sequence or all that, she's like it's a Fibonacci Fibonacci sequence or whatever it is. Then if you look that someone analyzed all the different puzzles and they were the easiest version of the puzzle that you could have, like the chess move was just Mm -hmm. a straight line across and they solved it. 
it was like moving a pawn straight across the board. It wasn't anything like a knight having to go yeah. to whatever, like crisscross and all that stuff. So when someone broke down all of the puzzles, they were this whatever the simplest solution to each puzzle because Miles can't do that. No, but he hired somebody to design that that box. Right, but he did that. Whatever whoever designed it put the most simplest. Yeah, I don't know if Miles told them to do that so that people could you know solve it easily but yeah. the way he the way that they direct it it makes it seem like they're doing this amazing like the scientist guy leslie odom jr's character is solving all these things and they think it's amazing but really when you look at it and break it down it's super simple it's just time consuming because you have to do all these puzzles yeah yeah there you go mm, and she I says it's a st stere stereogram is another one during the puzzle box scene, Duke's mother recognizes nearly every riddle and casually avail reveals the answers. She even figures out how to open the box itself before anyone else, because when they bring the box to Duke, it's already opened. So yeah. she solved the first, the first. Uh, I like the way the uh, sister solved it. She just busted it. Well, and she's like, I don't have time for this yeah. idiot's games literal games yeah. i think he killed my sister i think somebody killed my sister yeah. and i'm done with this yeah and then if you look at the invitation when blanc gives it to miles it's got a bent on the corner because it's from the broken box that she sh she smashed mm -hmm. <laughs> another thing is like okay they get to the island benoit wasn't invited Right. And yet they handed him a key as soon as he got there for a room. And it's Mess. like, did they say it was like biometrically or that? And it had like, your chakra color. Yeah. Yeah. So if he wasn't, wasn't invited, how did he get a key as soon as he stepped off the boat? They were just like, oh, oh here's your key. Very good point, Philip. Yeah. Um, how did they know? And, okay, later on when you know, he was doing distractions and she was searching everybody's room. Yep. Like if, if all the rooms were locked, it's like, and especially, I mean, if you That's had, a good point. she didn't have you, the bands, she didn't have the bands because I assume it works like Disney world or whatever, where you just hold it yeah. up and it, it yeah. opens. But even if it didn't, even if you manually lock the rooms, I mean, if you had a piece of incriminating evidence, why would you leave your room unlocked? Right. You know, you would he would make sure that it was like locked, but it seemed to me like, and I don't know, but it seemed like that was the band just kind of opened the door. Mm -hmm. Oh it yeah, like a automatically, like a work yeah. badge. Yeah. Yeah. No, very good. Two excellent points, Inspector Phil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I had something on here about his, like, because the color of his band, I think, was purple, mm -hmm. which which apparently went with his chakra. Okay. Miles says he personalized each guest's wristbands to the color of their chakra he associates with. Blanc's briefly shown glowing purple, which is the crown chakra, which represents enlightenment and influences perception and thought. It encompasses all other chakras and can be blocked by a state of mental apathy stemming from rigidity of thought and a lack of challenges. Tellingly, Blanc begins and occupies most of the film having trouble assessing what is going on. It's perfectly suited for to him. 
Miles somehow had that wristband ready and calibrated, even though he genuinely didn't know Blanc was coming. So mm. there you go. And I think like, it's almost like Ryan Johnson. I don't know. It's kind of like a one trick pony. It's like, I think he enjoys kind of going against the norm and maybe like disrespecting people because I don't know. And the, and, the Last Jedi, you know, you had Luke and Ray comes and hands him his lightsaber and he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, same thing, like in this, the character, he's like on the beach playing Blackbird by the Beatles. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, well, this is Paul McCartney's guitar. He wrote it on there. She's like, oh, really? And he's like, oh, yeah, look. And he just takes it and throws it. No, It's I like know. the same trope. I mean, it's like, come up with something new. I mean, like, why would you, why, I mean, why do you want to kind of just show disrespect for no it's a cookie like cutter the, it's just a different batter you know yeah. it's either a gingerbread a cookie or a sugar cookie or yeah. a chocolate chip cookie but it's the still the same shape of a cookie you yeah. know you're just doing different. the same same thing it's just like oh i'm just gonna throw it out of disrespect and you even named named your movie after Beatles song yeah 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 <laughs> which speaking of which let me try to play it on here let's see if you can hear it I think there was a Beatles song in the, the ending credits too. Yeah. I told you about strawberry fields. You know the place where nothing is real. Well, here's another place you can go. Where everything falls. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. White album. And hey, you had it right from the get-go, Phil. You said Glass Onion was a Beatles song, right? Right when we first mentioned it, like several yeah. episodes ago. Now, I did like, one thing I did like, uh, you know, they he had set up that, that dinner, mm -hmm. obviously, the whole weekend, the murder mystery, and like, the detective solved it and like, <laughs> hadn't even started... You know, they, they just started and he already solved it. I well, mean, there's another example. Miles had someone else write it yeah. and had someone else set it up. He he was just reaping from the rewards. And yeah. let's let's address Miles and how the similarities between him and Elon Musk. I mean, did you get that? Not, no, not really. But he's this guy who just has infinite wealth, who keeps doing things and like the whole Twitter thing. He's just ruined Twitter. He spent $44 billion on Twitter and now he's just doing what he wants. And he's really not that great of a businessman. It's Elon Musk, even with the car on the roof, I feel like was like kind of like a little bit of a, a nod to like the Tesla car or whatever. I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know if it, well, cause like all the, I guess Elon's been around for a while, but I mean, this movie was, Probably before the Twitter well, stuff. Before, well before any of that stuff so right but I, what i'm saying is i don't think ryan meant to do that but the timing of the movie and that happening is kind of weird clear the clear energy is similar to twitter so elon spent all this money on twitter and now he's like messed it up and miles miles braun he spent all this money on clear and now look what happened to clear it got i mean literally yeah. blew up the glass onion
And he didn't really understand how it worked. He didn't understand hydrogen energy is not safe and we shouldn't be putting it in the homes of everybody in the United States. And then look what happens to him at the end. So he, he just thought I can make a lot of money off of this. So let's do it. I don't, I don't care if I don't understand it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, we, I post stuff on, we, we've got the thing down, down yeah. below. We've got, we've got it's, Facebook. It's Instagram. There. Yeah, yeah. We use it. Do we know how to use it? No, <laughs> we're just posting stuff and seeing what happens. I don't know, but yeah. um, yeah, social media can get really unhealthy. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's what clear almost was a representation of was it's this thing that seems really, really great and everybody loves it. And the people who are trying to sell it, make it, try to make it appear like it's something amazing and great for society. When in fact, it's super dangerous. It may yeah. not appear so right now, but in the blink of an eye, it can it can cause a lot of problems and damage and stuff. There you That's go. Good, good analogy. Okay, let's... I did get... Well, I, I was going to say, it's like, he kind of hammered home. It's like foreshadowing. It's like, okay, it's like the, the wall going up between the Mona Lisa. I was yes. like, if that wall goes up one more time, it's like, okay, I get it. It's going to play an important part at the end but i mean they spent like stinking five minutes having that little protective they were barrier. not subtle about it were they no no <laughs> that wasn't foreshadowing that was for thundering like pay attention this is gonna play into yeah. the ending yeah i get it well and he's a again he's a moron because he why would you install a fail safe and also why would the why would the Louvre allow you to install a failsafe? Yeah, unless he did that uh, after. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I didn't understand that either. It didn't make sense. Um, like you want to protect it, so why are you having something just like right out? And I could even see having a failsafe. It's okay. I got to get it out of here. But why have it right in front? Right, or someone could hit it and steal it. I mean, yeah. Do you notice how it was a jester? The oh. the, the failsafe was a jester, like ceramic figurine, okay. meaning it's a joke. <laughs> why, yeah. why is it? It's just silly to have it there. Um, how about, okay, so one thing about that specifically is one piece, part of the detail that he did have in this, which he has a lot of detail, but is the detail accurate? Probably, but I think 60% of the time it isn't. But um, the Mona Lisa, if you noticed, everyone was wondering why when it burned, you couldn't see through it because it's on canvas. But the Mona Lisa isn't actually, it's painted on wood. Mm. So when it burned, it's burning the ink away. And then you see embers on the back of the wood because it's not going to burn away right away. But it's going to burn that paint yeah. off immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So it was I, did, I did like in the movie, like I said, you didn't really find out they were working together until yeah. probably about one third of the way. And then they kind of showed you, went back and showed you, okay, while this was happening, she was over here doing this. Or they kind of like showed you behind the, yeah, the, behind, behind the scenes. Yeah. I did like that. Um, but when Dave Batista's character died, they were freaking out. And there was like, there's you know no way off the island. You know, they were trying to get that boat in. 
right. it's like you're you're like a billionaire you like rented the mona lisa you don't have a helicopter or like what if there's a medical emergency i mean you don't have a small boat you can meet the other big boat just because you had that <laughs> that's the point why the okay uh, get ready i mean Language you got the, you got that car you got that car up on the <laughs> this tower but it's that's like, the whole point is he there the whole film they're stressing how much of an idiot he is like he has that car but he can't go anywhere with it that he has the dock but it's a pardon the french piece of is what they were calling it because he installed it to where it wouldn't float because he's an idiot and he just wants a banksy dock he doesn't care about low tide or high tide he wants it to look cool so that's the whole point is the reason they're in that predicament is because they are friends with an idiot. Yeah. That, that yeah. I think it's, I think it's consistent with the character. Now, yeah. on the other hand, do I like that? That was the murderer. Like I thought it would be like, I'm even with Blanc, like you're an idiot. I had to solve this. And yeah. really all it was, was that you, you're too stupid to actually plan a murder. The only that you you well, killed think, him with pineapple juice. Yeah, it's but I think part of it was he wasn't really planning on killing him. It was just a spur of the moment, right? Uh, because things found out, like he found out that the sister had died, you know, because his phone kept going off, and they're like, oh, you know, the media had posted it, and he showed him. He's like, oh my goodness, and then he had that because he didn't want to be able to find out over the weekend, right? So he had to. Well, Duke him. was basically blackmailing him saying you you help me with my youtube channel and i'll keep quiet mm -hmm. and then he didn't want to he really yeah. wasn't going to help him so let me just kill him by giving him his allergy yeah now question which i i think that was pretty smart actually kind of he knew he was allergic so he well I mean, he even that, asked and, them that beforehand he said tell me your allergies in the invitation yeah. it says tell me your allergies before you come because in the end that was kind of a good alibi it's like well he accidentally got a hold of something that had pineapple juice he didn't know about it so i mean actually right. that wasn't stupid i mean that was kind of smart i think i think blanc uh, no i agree with you completely but i think blanc thought he was dealing with a sophisticated yeah killer and all it was was a guy who thought of something in the moment. Yeah. And did you, okay, when you first saw it, did you see him hand him the glass? Or did you see, well, like when Miles mentioned that he swapped the glass or he accidentally picked up the wrong glass, did you remember him handing it to Miles? Or No, but I know right before that, um, Catherine Hahn bumped into him and it was real obvious. And I was like, well, she slip something in his drink right uh, um so that i mean that was actually kind of a good diversion to see if people were paying attention because she like bumped right in, into him and then yeah he died like so i was like oh she's she's in on it yeah the other so. thing i was i was doing the same thing as blanc but i was as a movie watcher fan i was trying to see if there was something in the scenery that would give away the the killer so the, the one thing I really thought I had it figured out after Helen gets shot, but it, it's the first go around. We don't know that it's Helen. We think it's Andy and they have the camera panning up, looking at all of them and they all have their outfits on. And I notice that they all are wearing a piece of white 
outfit somewhere, either a white shirt, white pants, something white, except for one person. And that's Kate Hudson's character. She's wearing a rainbow dress. Mm -hmm. Every other character has white in their outfit. And so I thought white, pure, not a killer. Mm -hmm. And then, so I kept looking to try to see somebody who didn't have white on it. It was Kate. So I thought it was Kate. I thought I had it figured out. <laughs> I was totally wrong. Technically, she was the fake murderer. So maybe I had it right. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, she was like in the story going to be the murderer. Like and in the end, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. The game plan was like, okay, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to set the building on fire with everybody in it. Yeah. And then I'm going to take this highly combustible piece of hydrogen, hydrogen energy that they said was like a nuclear reactor and throw it in the fire. Like while you're right there, it's like, would I mean, if it was the Hindenburg, if it was like the Hindenburg, yeah, would it not like implode? Like, more yeah, drastic, I'm, like they all would die. Well, I mean, that's my point. Why Why would you do that and just kill everybody? Because she didn't know it wouldn't kill everybody. Right. She set the place on fire and then took that thing. It was like, watch this, and then throws it in there and blows it up. And then she runs. And this is another thing. It's like, okay, well, why would you destroy an irreplaceable piece of artwork mm -hmm. just to, like, uh, get revenge on him? Okay. I thought about this, Phil. I mean, to me, that's just like... Mm. If if that happened to Jenny or Sarah, I wouldn't care about the Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa, yeah. I don't care about a piece of art. If he did that to my one of my sisters, mm, I would blow up his yeah, glass. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the it. thing. I mean, what good's that going to do? Because everybody else has just lied about, you know, the napkin and everything else. They could just say, yeah, she just went crazy. I mean, how's that frame him at all? Well, because even right up to that minute, she was, they were like, yes, yeah, she's no, at that point, she didn't care if he got, uh, you know, charged with Andy's murder. He, she, she knew that she couldn't do that. There's no physical evidence. Yeah. So the only thing else she can do is to ruin his career. And but how, his well, but that's what, but that's what I'm saying. Like how the only reason that it ruined her career, because in the end, after the fact, all the people were like, yeah, we saw, you know, they were siding with him. Right. So they could have just said, well, I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. It was her. She went crazy and destroyed the painting. No, I think, I think at that point, you know, they started breaking the glass yeah. with her. And honestly, she didn't care at that moment. She yeah. didn't. I, I can't prove that you killed my sister. So I'm just going to, I mean, Blanc tells her, you know, to have some courage and, yeah. and, and just let your anger out like you did on the box, on the puzzle box. Let your anger out on this puzzle, on this glass onion here and just do what you want. This guy ruined your life and your sister's life. So just have Adam. Don't physically hurt him, but hurt the thing that will hurt him most. And that's his reputation and his money and his wealth. And that's yeah. what she did. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I understand how important the Mona Lisa is, yeah. but when it comes to a loved one, I don't think the yeah. Mona Lisa, it pales in comparison yeah. to. Something. I just thought that, like, you know, there was no guarantee that 
his reputation was going to be ruined because like I said, even five minutes before that they were, because he was rich and he was like, you know, giving them the things they needed. Right. Uh, and they were still siding with him. So what made her think that they were going to side with her and implicate him? Until I don't think fact, she cared that. That at that point. She care. They yeah. already weren't. So yeah. uh, also there's no, just the same as there's no proof of the napkin mm -hmm. and there's no proof that he killed her sister. There's no, there's technically no proof that she burned the Mona Lisa. It was in his possession. They're going to go after him for the destruction. Yeah. They can't prove that she burned it. Yeah. But, but if they wouldn't have sided with her, they, they could have said, yes, she, she burned it. I mean, well, that's true. That's what I meant. Like, that's true. I gotcha. They could have just been like, no, she was crazy and she burned it. But That's, who knows? Maybe the yeah. contract with the Louvre was this is this is your yeah. responsibility. I don't care if someone else yeah. burns it. It's the same but thing she, with car but she insurance. Wouldn't have, she wouldn't have known that though. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, she was I taking just, that risk. She didn't care at that point. I just think like I said, I think it just kind of goes back to poor writing because why would you even have that fail safe right out and open? Yeah, yeah. I well, mean, because he's that's, an idiot. He's he's a dumb dumb. <laughs> like I said, I mean, I could I could see possibly having one in case of emergency. There's a you know you needed to get it out of there for some reason, but don't have it like right in the case because but, someone's. But the whole it. point of that was for emergencies. So yeah. If that place flooded, if that place caught on fire, that glass box is going to protect it when it's not protecting yeah. anything else. But I think part of it part of it was for theft deterrent too and if you have it <laughs> have it right there because right. you know any anytime something loud went off it like slammed shut or if something right. came close to it it slammed shut well, you're gonna so, take it <laughs> yeah what was the point of having it i mean you could have had a hidden like under the bar or something like a a switch to yeah. do i mean you didn't have to have it right there real obvious like and then show everybody it's like hey i gotta <laughs> I got a fail safe right here. He had he had the murder the fake murder mystery thing hidden better than he did the fail safe yeah. button. Like the the yeah. arrow thing, it was just sitting there, but you didn't know what it was. Yeah. But uh, he was he was a dum 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 dum. Yeah. <laughs> so, question: Based off a of Knives Out and this one, would you watch another Knives Out mystery? Oh, you know, I didn't want to watch this one, honestly. I mean, I didn't like the first one well enough to like. If we weren't doing uh episode on it, I I would have watched it. Yeah. So no, I mean, honestly, probably not. But it's just not. I'm sure there's a lot of people that probably love these two movies, and that's great. I mean, I like murder mysteries, but it just wasn't my cup of tea. Here's my thing. I think of it like his puzzle box. Mm-hmm. It's it's fun to watch and pick out what's wrong with it and pick out things that we might want to change or things that yeah. are good about it. So I don't want to say this because I don't want to encourage him to just keep making the same quality mysteries, yeah. but because he need they need to be a little better. Plus, I like all these actors that were in it. Yeah. Well, I think that's the draw. I love the actors. I have it's nothing against them. They did a great job. And I'm not saying I hate it. I mean, it was enjoyable. I watched it. It's just not that memorable and it's, you know, kind of full of yeah. things that really don't make sense. So, yeah. 
Um, if it was like if they had another one that was on Netflix like that and I didn't have anything else to do, yeah, you know, I may I may watch. I wouldn't rush out to the theater. I'd wait wait till it came to no, Redbox I would never or Netflix. Go to the theater. Or, yeah. Cause it's not, it's not worth it. I don't want to spend seven fifty and popcorn and, and drinks to go watch one. I don't know. Have movies now changed to, you really only want to go to the theater for a, like a Top Gun Maverick movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think at this day and age, people are way more selective where, you know, 10 years ago, it's just like, Hey, I got an afternoon. Let's go see a movie. And it didn't even really have to be that good. Yeah. But the way the whole dynamic has changed where, you know, everything's so expensive with the economy, the way it is. And, you know, with, with COVID and I know that's been a deterrent for a lot of people. They just don't go do stuff like that anymore because they don't want to risk getting sick or. No, I mean, with me having it recently, I, I, I watched a ton of stuff while I was off Phil. Like, like I watched a ton. Speaking of which, I watched Vikings. Have you watched Vikings Valhalla on Netflix? No. It's pretty good. I watched The Last Kingdom, which is also a Viking series. I think I like The Last Kingdom a little better. But Vikings Valhalla Season 2 just came out. I watched that while I was on COVID. It was pretty good. I watched... I've never seen The Mindy Project. I watched that. I I watched all kinds of stuff, Phil. But like... If but you have it there between, at your house. Yeah, there's a difference between that and then making the effort to go. Yeah. Probably a better viewing experience at your own home theater than it is going to a movie. I mean, the picture is going to be better because, you, have, like I said, you have a high definition. You can do your own snacks. You can pause it if you need to go do something. You don't have to worry about people talking. You don't yeah. have to pay for parking if you, you know, if you live in a city. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to spend 10 bucks for a like a popcorn. I will say the one thing that is a that you can't get at a movie theater is if there aren't people talking is the ability to not be distracted. Yeah. So you turn off your phone, you sit in there, you know it can't be paused, so you're sitting there focusing on the movie and those 2 hours, you know you don't have to go get the laundry. You know you don't have to go do yeah. the dishes or mow the lawn or something like that or go you know, help your kids with something. So it's an escape, but at the same time, if you have the ability to do the escape at home, then effort and it's cheaper then kudos. That's but like I said, I think that's a big difference between now and 10 years ago. Most people didn't have a ultra high definition TV because they were way too expensive. It was cost prohibitive. Mm-hmm. Prohibitive, prohibitive. I can't talk. Well, I but, declare. Yeah, I declare. <laughs> um, it is cost prohibited. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. By the way, did you watch Wednesday on Netflix? Yeah. How did you like that? I liked it. Okay, I thought it's one of the first season series where I really felt. Like it was out of my age demographic, but I still watched it and enjoyed it. I thought it had like Harry Potter vibes to it. A little bit. Yeah. They kind of had their own houses and. and But did you totally spoilers people? If you haven't watched Wednesdays, Wednesday, we're going to be saying spoilers. Did you see the kid being the monster? Like I kind of saw that coming. Yeah. Like why was he being so friendly to her at the, at the coffee shop? Oh, He's probably yeah. the monster. 
And of course, they you knew it wasn't the other guy because they all they tried awful hard the whole movie to be like, oh mm -hmm. look, <laughs> right, red herring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like he's drawing it and he's never in the place where the monster is. Yeah, so you knew it wasn't you knew it wasn't gonna be you knew it wasn't gonna be him, but right, right. Which which now that's why I'm saying I thought I felt like it was geared toward as a younger audience because maybe a younger audience would be naive and not think that. Do you know what no, I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Glass Onion, I mean, I had that figured out too. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but that's Ryan's fault. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Was there anything else about Glass Onion before we wrap up the episode? No. Well, there we are. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Phil. Yep. Thank you, Katie. <laughs>